Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, <clears throat> fix the cause with natural treatment so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Now today's topic is going to be about medicinal marijuana. I'm so very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Dr. Rashna Patel. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Patel has been practicing in the area of medicinal marijuana for over half a decade. She walks patients step-by-step -step through how to use medical marijuana for their specific medical condition without getting high off of it, without getting addicted to it, and without smoking it. She speaks from the experience of having treated thousands of patients and having read research study upon research study on marijuana. She completed her medical studies at Toro University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. I'm excited to be here. So can you tell our listeners, I think this is a good place to start, just how did you end up in the field of medical marijuana? Sure. So it actually all started with um, a sleepless night when I was browsing around aimlessly on Craigslist. And I happened upon an ad um, that said medical marijuana doctor needed. Um, so it definitely piqued my curiosity. Um, and I was going through my um, uh, training in emergency medicine um, while this happened. And um, it during my training, there were some medical cases that sat really heavy with me. Um, one was um, uh, seeing overdoses on opioids. The second was seeing, you know, on an everyday basis, seeing drug seekers come in to, you know, get their, get their um, quote-unquote fix in the form of a prescription from the ER doctors of these opioid medications. And thirdly was when I did a rotation, um, it, it was my toxicology rotation, and basically the whole purpose of this rotation was to treat overdoses on prescription and over-the-counter medications. So this didn't really sit well with me um, because um, the very medications that I was prescribing to help people were, were, were harming people uh, in, in the long run. And so, so I happened upon this ad, and that definitely piqued my, my curiosity. Um, so I started to do research on the field, because uh, I didn't even know that the field of medical marijuana ever, uh, that, that it existed. And then um, I started reading um, uh, into the research, you know, spend lots of time on PubMed. Um, and a year had gone by, and at this point... Um, I was fairly uh, uh, compelled by the research. And the next best thing to do to, you know, for any good doctor to do is gain clinical experience. So I, um, I decided to work at a medical marijuana clinic in Sacramento, California. Um, and that's how it all started. And so can you tell us about some of the more common conditions that you end up seeing in your practice? 
<clears throat> sure. So over the years, the most absolutely most common conditions that I end up treating are chronic pain, a uh, wide variety of chronic pains. These are, you know, uh, muscle-related pains, skeleton-related pains, nerve-related pains. Um, I, I treat anxiety and I treat insomnia. Those are the most common conditions that I treat. Fantastic. And I know just from my practice, there yeah. are a lot of patients out there suffering with these three, just these three conditions. Yeah. Yeah, who in the world doesn't have one one of these three conditions? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, what other sorts of conditions can also help that that medical marijuana can help? Sure. So I have treated, let's see, I have treated... uh, uh, patients with autism uh, because they have a component of anxiety related with that diagnosis. Uh, a lot of times these, these, these patients are given, um, uh, you know, benzodiazepines, which are highly sedating. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're just given other medications that are highly sedating and they're not um, able to uh, sort of, um, uh, I, mean, I mean, they're just spending their day feeling groggy. Um, I've treated patients with um, ADHD. I've treated patients with um, cancer. Now, specifically with the cancer patients, where it's helpful is when they're undergoing chemo and they're experiencing nausea and vomiting, um, uh, or or they have um, a sort of residual um, neuropathy from the chemo treatments. Um, uh, what else have I treated? I've treated patients with multiple sclerosis. Um, the area that, that it helps specifically the patients with multiple sclerosis is the spasticity they experience. These, these really intense muscle spasms that co- ends up causing them a lot of pain. Um, so, so, so those are just some of the most more, uh, other, uh, con- more common conditions that I've treated. And then can you tell our listeners about the kind of results that you've seen treating these patients with these conditions, especially the big three that you mentioned off the bat, insomnia, chronic pain, and anxiety? Sure. So let's just, let's take each condition um, uh, one by one. So with chronic pain, what I've found, and this actually took me by surprise, um, I found that patients are are able to come off of pharmaceutical medications um, and just use um, uh the medical marijuana to help manage their pain. It's not every patient, but I'd say it's the vast majority of my patients. And it took me by surprise because going into this, I figured, okay, you know, this is this is one tool in in the arsenal um, that these patients have to help manage their pain. Um, and instead, what I was finding was that um, that you know, one by one, patients were able to gradually come off of their the other medications they were on, especially opioids. And, um, and in turn, just use the medical marijuana. Um, now, um, in terms of anxiety, um, w- one of the most uh, significant results I've seen is that it helps to reduce, either it helps to eliminate panic attacks or it helps to reduce the frequency with which patients are having panic attacks. Um, so that's, that's the significant result I've seen with anxiety. Um, with sleep, a um, couple things. So one, uh, a lot of times patients have difficulty sleeping, uh, falling asleep, because uh, they, they tell me that their mind races. So, so there's a group of patients that are able to fall asleep easily with this, and then there's a group of patients that aren't able to stay asleep. Um, and then once they're up, they can't fall back asleep. So how the marijuana helps them is that um, there's a group of patients where it just, it just completely helps them stay asleep. And for those that um, tend to, to get up frequently, um, they find that they're able to fall back asleep easily. 
So, um, and a lot of, a lot of these patients are waking up feeling refreshed and groggy, um, which is not something that you hear when patients are on, um, prescription medications like Ambien or over the counter medications, um, uh, such as, uh, Unisom for, for example. You said they wake up feeling refreshed and groggy. Was that a mistake? No, yeah, that was a mistake. Okay. <laughs> they wake up feeling refreshed, unlike um, uh, when they take pharmaceutical medications or over-the-counter medications okay. um, for sleep. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Wow, that's fantastic. So, um, from a from a clinical standpoint, as a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, I get a lot of patients coming to see me at my private practice mm-hmm. with these, you know, with these conditions because they are so common, as you know. And oftentimes, you know, patients come in and really what they want to do is they want to feel better without needing the medications. You know, the typical prescription medications are are requiring less of them. And oftentimes using functional medicine and working on lifestyle factors and whatnot, I can help the vast majority of these patients. But there's always a group that despite whatever we do, their insomnia still lingers. Their pain does not budge. Their anxiety just persists. So um, people that are thinking of medical marijuana, is is this at all considered a first-line treatment or is it always kind of considered like the last resort or kind of, how does it fit within the medical system now? Because it's like, it's so new. Yeah. So a lot of it depends on the rules and regulations that are in place um, in the state or the country that you're in. Um, In California, I happen to be in in a state where the laws are fairly lax um, and they allow a physician a lot of freedom. So um, and they allow a patient a lot of freedom as well. So. So what I mean by that is that in my particular case, um, I, I have patients coming in saying that, look, I have I'm having this particular problem, um, but I don't want to turn to prescription medications. I don't want to use over-the-counter medications. Um, I, I would prefer to use medical marijuana because because it's natural, right? So in California, they have the option of doing that. Um, uh, I also have the liberty of uh, being able to to prescribe. There isn't, a, you know, a fixed list of, of conditions that I have to stick to as a physician and, and can only pres- uh, recommend medical marijuana for those conditions. Um, now, uh, outside of California, it's, it's sort of a different story. Um, I know a lot of states that have approved um, medical marijuana for marijuana for medical reasons um, uh, they have a list um, that uh, that physicians can only recommend marijuana for those particular conditions, and also um, there are requirements on the part of the patient as well. So it's a little bit tricky. A lot of it depends on the rules and regulations that are in place in terms of where you're located. And Dr. Patel, is there some kind of a website where patients can go to to learn more about this, to learn more about these rules, or or not? Um, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know what I can do. It's a pretty long link. So what I'll do is I will I will send you the link and then you can put it in your show notes for for the listeners. Okay, perfect. Okay, so let's say we have um, people out there struggling with insomnia, with chronic pain, with anxiety, with some of these other conditions that you even mentioned. Um, typically, when they start using medical marijuana, like how fast do they see the results? Like what? Can you give us some insight into that? 
Yeah, sure. So as long as patients are taking, and that's actually a very uh, a question that I get asked commonly by patients. Um, so I'm glad you asked that. So typically, um, as long as you're taking one, the right combination of chemicals, okay, um, and I can dive into that in a little bit, um, and two, you're taking the appropriate dose, um, you can see an effect within the first day of taking it. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty quick. That's amazing. I, and I will say from, from my clinical standpoint, I, I've only had maybe a handful of patients to this point who are using medicinal marijuana. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the latest one that came in, she did make some, some comments about just kind of going through the process of trying to get the prescription and then trying to find a dispensary and all that kind of stuff. And But she said like it worked pretty much the first night and it was for insomnia. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually curious to know, do you happen to know how the whole process works in Canada? Actually, I don't. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Actually, I don't. So, you know, one of my goals having you on this interview was to help educate me as a doctor because I just, I've not had time in my busiest schedule to even dive into this, this area of medicine. Yeah. So I'm actually making it a goal to, to know how medical marijuana works um, around the world. So I'm actually uh, speaking at a conference in Australia in May. So one of my goals there while I'm there is to, to interview a doctor, interview an attorney um, to find out um, h- how it works in Australia specifically. So hopefully I'll make my way up to Canada someday and, and be able to provide uh, people with information as to how it works in Canada as well. That would be so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know um, one of the current, well, one of the big concerns that people have about medical marijuana is, can they use it without getting high, without getting the side effects, like feeling paranoid, getting the munchies, all of those typical side effects that they think of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this has to do with, okay, so here's sort of a statement that I want to make. I feel like the world has been using marijuana all wrong. Um, <laughs> they've been using it as a drug of abuse, right? And typically what goes along with that is that, that people overdo it uh, when, they're, when they're abusing a drug. So, so in general, with any medication, you know, not just marijuana, it, there, there's a dosing range, right? So there's a subtherapeutic range where um, the dose that you're taking is having, you know, no effect. That's desired. There is a toxic range where you're taking so much of it that, um, that it's now causing adverse effects. And then there's that that sweet spot, the therapeutic range. Um, and, and that's usually my goal with patients is to stay within the therapeutic range where you're getting the desired effects, but you're not getting those unwanted adverse effects, like like the adverse effects that you mentioned, you know, the high, the munchies, um, paranoia, anxiety, which a lot of people have probably experienced when they sort of experimented with marijuana back in high school or college. And then if we take two steps back to, because you mentioned earlier about the chemistry, if we can kind of talk about sure. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> so um, marijuana um, uh, makes chemicals called cannabinoids. That's the general umbrella term, okay? And it makes a lot of these cannabinoids, but specifically it makes two in high concentrations. One is THC, which um, uh, maybe a lot of listeners have heard of, but that's the psychoactive component in marijuana. That's typically what causes a high. And that's typically what's been been studied more um, uh, 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 than any other chemical in marijuana. 
The second chemical that it makes in high concentration um, is called CBD or cannabidiol. That um, chemical happens to be non-psychoactive. Um, and one of the other things that it does is that it happens to um, uh, sort of temper the effects of THC. So they sort of work, you know, hand in hand to um, uh, uh, enhance specific effects and um, uh, sort of downplay other effects. And so when using it medically, it's important. Uh, so, so let me take a step back just a little bit. Different plants, different marijuana plants, make different amounts of these chemicals. So when you're using it medically, the way you can control the effect that it has on you is by choosing marijuana products with certain combinations of these chemicals. Um, and in California, one of the advantages of the, uh, the medical marijuana system here is that, um, uh, that products are laboratory tested. So you know the exact amounts of these chemicals that are in the products. That's fantastic. I'm writing that down right now. Lab tested. I didn't even know that that was... Of course, that yeah. makes sense when you say that. Yeah. And in, in addition, what else they test for are things like pesticides and fungicides. So that's important because... Um, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to be taking in an excess amount of pesticides and fungicides. A lot of them can be neurotoxic. They also test for fungus and bacteria. Um, it is a plant, right? That is, in, in, in high humidity levels, it is prone to growing fungus. And also, um, if it's not handled properly, that's when you get, you know, exposed to salmonella um, uh, and all these, you know, other sort of stomach bugs that, that we hear of, Um uh, on the news a lot of times. So then I think another one of the questions that our listeners probably have is how do they use medicinal marijuana? Does it have to be smoked? It actually doesn't. And I typically discourage my patients from smoking uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that um, it research has shown that it does make you more prone to um, uh, to to bronchitis, so inflammation of, of the tissue in the lungs. And it also makes you more prone to getting infections as well. So there are many other alternatives. Um, there are uh, edibles. Um, typically, they come in the form of um, chocolates and gummies. Um, there are now you know, sugar-free versions of these edibles. There are vegan versions. There are gluten-free versions. So the industry is evolving to sort of cater to specific um, uh, dietary needs and overall making it healthier than that, you know, that, that brownie <laughs> that, that people used to have. Um, there are, um, what are called tinctures, which are drops that you put under the tongue. Um, there are, um, uh, there's a form of inhaling called vaporization and the, the basic fundamental way that it differs from smoking is that you're not burning the plant material, but rather you are, you're heating the plant material. And so you're, um, it's almost like having a diffuser for essential oils, right? Except you're inhaling it through your mouth. Um, that's probably the easiest way to explain that. Now, there's also rectal formulations and vaginal formulations of marijuana as well. I don't typically uh, recommend them as often as the other three methods um, that I mentioned, but every once in a while, um, I will recommend those methods as well. Probably, I guess, for patients who you're having a hard time getting it into the bloodstream fast enough, I would suppose. 
Yeah, yeah. And also, um, uh, if, if there's any sort of, uh, like if someone comes in and has, uh, you know, a mass in, in the rectal area sort of thing. Um, uh, so, um, it just kind of, kind of depends on the situation itself. Um, but, uh, what, what's nice about marijuana is that if you can't ingest it, then, um, uh, typically with pharmaceutical medications, you know, um, the other alternative that you're left with is a rectal option, but that's not the case with marijuana. You also have the option to inhale it, uh, through vaporization, and then you have the option of using it under the tongue as well. So, so it just depends, um, you know, um, uh, on a case to case basis. So I think the listeners are getting a really great idea that, um, medicinal marijuana is lab tested, it it's uh, can be standardized just like any other kind of uh, medication, drug, herb, etc. Um, start at very low doses and slowly work up, as you said, to like that therapeutic range. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Even with all this great sure. information that you're giving us, I'm still I'm sure there are still people out there that are still concerned about: Is it addictive? Can they still get addicted to this? Okay, so let, let's talk about that. That's a very interesting question. So it does have the potential for addiction, okay, a lot of li- like a lot of other pharmaceutical medications, but it all depends on how you're using it. So, um, so uh, it, it, and the other thing is, is that um, it's a lot less addictive than tobacco and alcohol, okay? So these are, you know, substances that are, that are widely used. So, a lot of the research that's been done um, has been done on uh, folks that have been using marijuana as a substance. Uh, have, they've been using it recreationally. Now, specifically in the recreational users, uh, there has been research done. These are recreational users that, um, that had been using marijuana on an everyday basis. And they found that the potential for addiction was about 9%. Um, and in terms of uh, potential for addiction when it comes to alcohol and tobacco, now if we compare that number to alcohol, it's 14.1%, so one out of every seven people. Um, 9% with marijuana is one out of every 11 people. And tobacco is 24.1%, so that's one out of every four people. Wow. So it is a lot less addictive than, than those um, other substances. Um, it's actually just probably less than or just as addictive as caffeine. Uh, and that was a, uh, from a statement made by um, Dr. Jack Hendingfield, who worked for the National Institute on Drug Abuse. So now, so, okay, so uh, stepping back a little bit. So these are people who have been using marijuana recreationally. Now, what about the people that have been using marijuana medically? Um, I haven't clinically found um, uh, I haven't found addiction in my patients. Um, typically, my patients are not using marijuana on an everyday basis. Um, they don't have to use it more than once in a day. Um, so it's very mild to moderate use. Um, and so I like to liken it to um, having a glass of wine versus having a pack of beer. You know, if you have a glass of wine at night, you're likely not going to get addicted to it. If you're having a pack of beer at night, yeah, th- there is a likelihood of uh of addiction there. So, so again, it depends on how you're using it uh, when it comes to the potential for addiction. Okay, so then my next question is, are there people out there who should not be using medical marijuana, who it's contraindicated for? 
Yeah. So um, the first group that comes to mind are those patients that um, have a history of psychosis or psychotic episodes. Uh, Typically, these are patients that have been diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. And the reason being, um, I mentioned before that THC um, has psychoactive properties. Now, if you take very, very high, high doses of, of marijuana of, uh, that's high in THC in one sitting, um, then you are likely to get hallucinations. So it can throw these patients that have had a previous history of, of psychosis or psychotic episodes um, into, into these episodes. So those are patients um, uh, with which I'm extremely cautious in recommending uh, marijuana. Then the next group of patients are patients with um, heart conditions. So, um, again, uh, uh, certain types of marijuana will, will increase the heart rate if taken in excess amounts. Um, and so if you have an underlying heart condition, like, for instance, if you have some sort of dysrhythmia, then marijuana in excess amounts can exacerbate that particular heart condition. Um, now, of course, if you have any sort of um, lung conditions, obviously you don't want to be smoking. And I typically err on the side of caution and tell my patients not even vaporize um, uh, marijuana if they have any sort of lung conditions. Um, obviously, patients who are, are pregnant or breastfeeding, um, I don't recommend medical marijuana um, to them. Um, Where you know, the jury's out in terms of what effect, if any, there is on the growing baby. Um, There is some research out there that's pointed to the fact that uh, marijuana use uh, while you're pregnant can cause um, low birth weight um, and it can cause preterm labor and delivery as well. So, um, so, so in that case, I earn the side of caution. So those are, those are the main groups of people that um, um, should either steer clear or be using uh, marijuana with a lot of caution. And Dr. Patel, for the listeners out there who would like to pursue this further, and they want to try and find a doctor who has good training in this area, what are some of the things that they should be looking for? Um, Okay, so actually, that's a great question you asked, because I actually have a presentation that I've prepared that's uh, available online that walks people through um, uh, how to find a medical marijuana doctor you can trust. So just to kind of kind of uh, give you a brief, uh, and then um, uh, you can sort of direct your listeners to that presentation. I'll give them more information. Um, uh, first and foremost is that um, the, the information that you're getting from that doctor, you know, um, there are clinics in California uh, that have a reputation of just handing out medical marijuana cards, and the patient has no information whatsoever as to how to use the marijuana for their for their condition. Um, and so, so obviously, you want to make sure you don't you don't go to one of those doctors. Um, they should be guiding you in terms of combinations of chemicals that you should be um, uh, using, um, uh, how to figure out your your dose. Um, how often to take the marijuana, um, what to do in case you have side effects, um, and and also, you know, how to um, uh, select a product when you go to dispensary, you know, what and also what's the best, mes- best method of use for your particular condition. So that's some of the information you should be getting from your doctor. So before you go, you know, you can get on the, get on the phone and ask them, hey, is this information that you'll be going over with me? Oh, that's fantastic. That's so helpful. Uh, Dr. Patel, is there anything left? 
I know like this is such a big topic to talk in a 30 minute interview yeah. but is there anything left that we haven't discussed that you think is important um I think we've covered the basics um uh in terms of you know what what medical marijuana should be used for what it shouldn't be used for we address some of the common concerns that uh, that many people have um I am also always putting out information um on my YouTube channel um so if you have, you know, if your listeners have questions, then they can, they're uh, more than welcome to post their questions in the comments section. They're also more than welcome to post their questions. I have an Ask Me Anything Wednesdays on my Facebook page, and they can post their questions in the comments section. And then what I do is that I answer the questions uh, via Facebook Live, um, or uh, I'll, I'll answer them and post them on YouTube. So I'm constantly trying to provide um, information to questions that, that people have on medical marijuana. Fantastic. Dr. Patel, what is your website and what other links can you recommend for our listeners? Um, so my website is um, uh, drrachnapatel.com. So it's D-R and then R-A-C-H-N-A. P-A-T-E-L.com. Um, otherwise, as I mentioned, my YouTube channel is, is a great sort of information. You can just Google um, YouTube, the medical marijuana expert, and my channel should show up um, in the Google search results. And then you can also go to my Facebook page, um, and it's just facebook.com backslash doctor. So that's the full word, doctor, and then Rachna Patel. Um, and uh, like I said, you, uh, your, your listeners are more than welcome to post their questions, and I'll be more than happy to answer them. Fantastic. So for the listeners out there, I'll be sure to, uh, I'll make sure to put those links in the podcast notes so you can easily find Dr. Patel's website and all the great information she's putting out. Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Rachna Patel. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.